how many were here last week? We talked about the secret weapon. Everybody look at your neighbor and tell them, I have a secret weapon. Did you know that? You have a secret weapon. And, and last week, um, I mentioned how when I was a little kid, uh, and maybe some of you guys, especially guys, can relate to this, you thought that you know, it'd be cool to have a secret weapon. Mine was, I wanted to fly like Superman, like underdog. I really dated myself right there, Alex. Underdog. And some of you are looking at me, who's, who's underdog? And, and so flying always fascinated me. It still fascinates me to this day. I love to fly on airplanes. And part of my work um, during the week, I get to fly to different parts of the West Coast. And so I love flying and, um, to this day. But I, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was growing up. But I quickly realized when I would get on the carousel and I would get dizzy, uh, I don't think I'm going to make a good astronaut. Because, you know, they, they do a lot of spinning and a lot of this and that and G-forces. But um, all of us, I think, at one time or another have desired, man, it'd be really cool to have, you know, a secret power. And spiritually, you do. And we're in a series now. This is week two of the secret weapon. Last week, I talked to you about biblically how you have authority as a secret weapon, authority according to the word of God. God gives you authority in his word to, to cast out demons, to walk over snakes, scorpions, whatever it may be, to declare authority in your home, over your family. Amen? How many know that? You have that secret weapon, but sometimes we don't utilize these weapons. Amen? I'm not talking about fleshly weapons. I'm talking about spiritual weapons. Let's, uh, I have it on your outline, and I believe we have it up on the screen. Our sermon text today is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'm going to read two verses in the NIV. And it reads like this, starting in verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish, to demolish strongholds. Let us pray right now. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Now I pray, God, that you would uh, give us the understanding, the spiritual understanding, to uh, concisely understand this word that is about to be spoken. I pray, give me anointing, Lord, that I can declare your spoken word. And that, Father, that we would receive it to utilize it in our daily life. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 So how many remember what I mentioned last week about the enemy's weapon? What is the enemy's weapon? Lies. Lies, lies, lies is what the enemy utilizes against you. For example, maybe some of you grew up to, uh, in, in the past as young, uh, a young child and and the devil lied to you and possibly may have used persons you knew, whether it was your parents, and said, you'll never grow up to be anybody. You'll never grow up to be, nobody will love you. You can never do nothing. You ever felt that way? Those are lies from the enemy. And I believe every one of us, and you know why? Because we're not perfect. We're human beings. We're infallible. We have felt something like that at some point. But the enemy utilizes that to keep from you from fulfilling your potential. See, God has a plan for each of you. 
And he wants you to fulfill it. He's not going to force you to, but he wants you to fulfill it. But the enemy is going to whisper and say, you can't do that. You're not good enough. Who do you think you are? Who are you trying to impress? What do you think? And you're going to fail. That's going to go nowhere. That's the worst mistake you could ever possibly do. Don't spend that money on, on, on ministry or, or whatever thing. He's going to throw lies to you. Amen? Amen. And, and so the, the trick is we have to learn to discern that and learn to discern what God's word says. Today, again, I want to speak to you about another secret weapon that we have as believers. And that secret weapon is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Look at your neighbor and tell him, the Holy Spirit is my secret weapon. Amen. Now, it's important for every believer to know the Holy Spirit is available to you and I. It's available to you and I. The, the question I want to ask you today is, what does the Holy Spirit do for you? What does it do for me? What does it do for me? Now, when, when you hear pastors speak on the Holy Spirit, there's usually two extremes on the Holy Spirit. There can be. One extreme is that the Holy Spirit was given for the apostles and that miracles, signs, and wonders ended at that time. That the Holy Spirit does not move in our culture today. That miracles do not happen today. That God's Holy Spirit has stopped moving. How, how many have heard that or are familiar with that? And yet on the other, on the flip side, there's the extreme Holy Spirit movement where it's that person that always comes up to you and says, well, you know, Sister Irene, um, the Holy Spirit is telling me this. And the Holy Spirit is telling me that. And everything that comes out of their mouth is the Holy Spirit. Is and, and then you realize later when they were wrong one time. And you know what the Bible says when they're wrong just one time? They're a false prophet. Amen? Unfortunately. Now, I'm not saying that that's not happening today, that, that God doesn't speak to you and say, um, hey, the Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you this. That exists today. Can I get an amen? amen. I want you to understand that. But there's a balance. There's, there's a balance in everything we do in life. But as with everything, we can have something on this side, on the far left, something on the far right. It's kind of like politics. It's hard to find a, a middle ground. And the Holy Spirit wants you to know that he's there for you and I. Amen? Amen? Now, because there's extremes in this, it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is not alive and willing to touch your life, willing to guide you, willing to lead you. I believe that God's desire is to grow us spiritually. You and I, every day, grow us spiritually. And the only way you're going to do that is to be in here, in the house of God, in our small, uh, small groups, our connect groups, you're not going to grow outside. Tonto wasn't a good Christian. Let me tell you right now. Tonto was not, or was at the Lone Ranger until he hooked up with, in his small group. Him and the Lone Ranger, they finally formed a small group. And I'm dating myself again. I know my kids are going, who are you talking about? <laughs> Thank you. Can I get an amen? Amen. But here, let's, let's get back to the message here. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It's on your outline. These scriptures I'm going to give you are on your outline. But let's look at where the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost was given. It's the same terminology, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. The Word of God says this. But you will receive power. Everybody say power. power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and in American Canyon and Vallejo and to the ends of the earth. Amen? The word of God is telling you and I that we will receive this power. Now, what's this power all about? The, the, the Spirit of God is telling us that we are to seek that power. See, the Lord Jesus right here where he was declaring that, he was telling a bunch of saved people. These people were already saved. 120 people in the upper room in Jerusalem. And, 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 and the Holy Spirit actually is telling, is telling uh, them at that time, you will receive power. You will receive, you will be, the King James says, endued with power. Power will come upon you, amen? This, this same power is available to you and I today, 2,000 years later. And here's the one thing I want to get at the outset, is get, get this clear. The Holy Spirit is a person. Look at your neighbor and tell him the Holy Spirit is a person. It's, the Holy Spirit is not a force. It's not like Star Wars, the force, go with you. The Holy Spirit is a person. There's God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son. Amen? Is that clear? Amen? And um, let's continue here with a couple more scriptures here. One that's not on your outline, though, is Acts chapter 2. Peter is preaching, and he even asks those around him, have you received the gift? Of the Spirit. See, he was saved, and he's talking to saved people. He's saying, have you received the gift? What gift? The gift of the Holy Spirit. And so this began in in the book of Acts, where the first church was established. They received power. And and that's what I want to talk to you about. What does this power do for us? And, And what is this? This baptism in the Holy Spirit is another way to define this. What is it for? Is it just for me? No. It's not just for you, it's for you to minister unto other people. God never gives you a gift just for you. God doesn't work that way. God gives you a gift so that you can minister to other people. Does that make sense? Amen. John 14 and verse 6 in the Amplified Version says this, and it's on your outline. And I, this is Jesus speaking, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, standby to be with you forever. Wow. And how, how remarkable is that? Yeah. To know that we have a comforter, that we can have a comforter, someone that's an advocate for, for us, someone that can speak for us, someone that can be there for us and that won't leave us. See, in the original Greek, the New Testament that's written in Greek, the word helper means parakletos, which is our helper. Our helper. How many are thankful that you have a helper? Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your children in your home. They're your helper. But there's someone much greater than that. That is the Holy Spirit that can come alongside you and help you in every area of your life. What is it that you're facing today? Are you asking your helper to help you today with that? Or are you just sticking to your own physical, natural realm and trying to work on it yourself? Let me tell you, there's a much better way. Amen? Amen. There's a much better way. So I want to share with you a few things this afternoon on how the Holy Spirit can help us every day of our life. Are you ready? Real quick. I promise I won't take too long. 
Because there's this thing called NFL football, and some of you want to get back to it, but the Word of God has to be preached. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Number one, on your outline, he teaches us who Jesus really is. That's important to know. And let me tell you why it's important to know. Because you'll come across people that call themselves believers, but they deny that Jesus Christ is Almighty God. They will say he's a prophet. They will say he's an angel. They will say he was a good man. But they will not tell you and declare what the Bible says, that if, if you don't know him, if you don't admit that he is who he is, you shall die in your sins, the Bible says. He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He is a, the Alpha and Omega. It's pretty clear in Scripture. Amen? It's very clear in Scripture. He is a revealer. He speaks truth to us. How many are thankful that you can go into your prayer closet? That means just you and, and God alone, wherever that might be, and pray and God can give you and reveal to you something that maybe lay on your heart a person that you should pray for. May, uh, may, uh, may lay on your heart someone that you need to pick up the phone and call or, or text, you know, which is what our, our millennial generation loves to do is just text and but sometimes the Lord, when you pray, will reveal to you, you need to go to so-and-so's house and pray for them. You need, to, you need to do this. You need to do that. Anybody experience that? Sure you have. If you're a believer, you have experienced that on multiple, multiple occasions. John chapter 16 and verse 13, out of the Amplified Version, says it this way. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes... He will guide you into all the truth, full and complete truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son, and he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. And, and not to pick on, on Catholicism, because that's where I came from, but here's the problem I have with them, with, with what they teach. They lift up the Virgin Mary. Here, this scripture is telling us that, that the spirit of truth, when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will speak not on his own initiative. He will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son. And when it comes to Mary, in Catholicism, they just lift up Mary. They give her full prominence. And, and, they, and they don't... Um, and, and they don't recognize the son, Jesus. They, they give her the prominence. And, and there's nothing wrong. We, we should recognize Mary. She was blessed. The Bible says she was a blessed and highly favored woman. But what I've seen is there's a little bit of a, a, a distinction there. Amen? Amen? So the Holy Spirit, again, is offered to us per, to provide clarity, truth, and wisdom for you and I. Yes. Every day of our life. Have you ever had a person telling you, God is telling me this, God is telling me that, and, and, and you know they're way off? I think we all have at times. And, and it's, I know they mean well, they, know, they mean extremely well, but you have to judge everything by the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. The Bible tells you to judge everything. In fact, if Pastor Rick tells you something, judge it by the Word of God. Yeah. Whatever the Word of God says... I am not going to contradict it. I'm not going to speak against it because I'm a false prophet if I do. And you should leave to the next church if I do that. 
So again, judge everything by the word of God. Amen. Amen. Give give me a louder amen, because that has to be loud right there. Amen. We got to be extremely careful with that. We really do. Oftentimes, how many have experienced this? The Holy Spirit will speak to you beforehand. Meaning, um, you may be driving down the street, and instead of going down this street and then making the left like you always do, the Holy Spirit may tell you, don't go that way. Take this other route today. Take this other, and you just feel, well, I don't know why, but I'm supposed to take this other road today. And you do, and you realize later there was an accident over here that you would have been involved in, or maybe there was another person over here that you came across that you provided a meal for a homeless person or, or some other thing like that. God knows what he's doing. Amen. God will direct your path if you ask him to. I know that my wife, Anna, and Bianca also is starting to develop that gift. They have that gift. God will speak to them beforehand. My mother-in-law had that gift. God would speak to her, right, Martin? She would have that gift of knowing beforehand. And God, why he does that is he's preparing your heart for that. He's preparing your spirit. Now, it may not be always good news, but he's preparing your heart for that. God is full of wisdom and and truth, and he wants you to know that. Amen? He wants to help you. He is our comforter, and that's what he's doing. Number two, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our helper, um, which I already said, right? Yes, I did. So he is our helper, but when you're at your a crossroad in your life, for example, if you're contemplating changing careers, if you're contemplating changing towns, moving from Canyon, Vallejo to Sacramento, or vice versa, that's a big move. Please, please get on your knees and begin to ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, is this what I need to do? Holy Spirit, guide me to the right place. Guide me to the right neighborhood. Guide me to the right house. And Lord, shut those doors if that's not your will for my life. Because how many know that we can ignore those those, uh, desires from God and do what we want? Because it seems right. Amen? So make sure that the Holy Spirit is helping you. Amen. The Holy Spirit is here today to meet every one of your needs. It doesn't matter how large or how small. You may have an issue at home with your child. You may have an issue with your grandchild. You may have an issue with your coworker. The Holy Spirit is here to remind you, I'm your helper. Have you helped? Have you asked me to help you? He's waiting. He's, he's just going, I'm right here. I'm waiting. And we choose to ignore him sometimes. Amen. He's there for you, not Dr. Phil. Can I get an amen? amen. Dr. Phil is comedy. That's, that's really comedy. It really is. If you watch those shows, they're sad. It's comedy. Uh, the Holy Spirit is here to help you as believers. As you and I, as believers, Holy Spirit is right there for us. Amen. amen. How many are thankful for the Holy Spirit? How many are thankful that we don't serve a dead God, but we serve a mighty God, a living God, a King of kings and Lord of lords, one that cares for you, one that knows where you're going, one that loves you, one that's seen you from the moment you were conceived in your mother's womb. He knew you, the Bible says. He knit you in the mother's womb. He knit you together, put you together one piece at a time. That's just amazing. Talk about a God that loves you. You don't escape his eye. Wherever you go, 
You're the apple of his eye. Wherever you go, that's my child. Just like you have those little pictures on your refrigerator of your family members or wherever those pictures are. God in the same way, that's my daughter. That's my son. That's my child. Now, I realize we're not perfect. None of us are. Pastor Rick is not. That's why we need his help. Amen. He is your helper. But let me, let me transition here. Our culture has changed so much in these last uh, 20 years. I remember when I first got saved in my mid-20s, I didn't know Christ. I, I didn't care about the things of God. I, I didn't go to church. I was you know, raised the CEO, Christmas, Easter only person. It's the only time I went to church. Uh, but then someone spoke to, into my life, and my life got transformed, and, and culture has changed a lot in the last 20, 30 years. How many would agree with me on that? Even the church culture has changed dramatically. When I first got saved, people went to church at least three times a week, a week right, Mother Betty? Yeah. If not more, three times a week or more, exactly. And I, I would go three times a week, and anytime the church doors would open, I would be there. And, and now, you know what the average statistic says of, of, of believers? The average attendance is now once a month for the average believer. But I believe that you are an average. I believe that you are above average. Amen? Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm above average. I'm above average. Amen. But we have transitioned. We have changed, unfortunately, and not for good. Not for good. I still believe the Holy Spirit does great and mighty things. Miracles, signs, and wonders still happen in our midst. Mother Betty has testified about God working in her life. Each of you, uh, Wayne has testified about how God has done amazing things in his life and in Irene's life. Miracles are all around you. Amen. Amen? But I want to talk to you here about this word now, point number three. Let's put that up on the screen if we have that. He sanctifies us. We don't have that, right? We just have the scriptures. Point number three on your outline, he sanctifies us. And you're looking at me going, Pastor Rick, you lost me there. Sanctifies us. What does that mean? Let's go back to the word sanctification. Sanctification means to be set apart. It really is where we get the word holy from, which is a word that isn't used anymore in churches, to be holy. You don't hear that anymore. And it's, it's more of a, these mega churches, they don't ever use those words anymore. And unfortunately, they've escaped the, the real true plan of God. The real true plan of God is that we would be sanctified. And what that really means is this, is that if you came to church before you were a believer, that you were an unbeliever, and then you came, you received Christ, and now you serve and walk as a believer, there should be a distinct, everybody say distinct, distinct. difference from the old person. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? That's a good place for an amen right there. If, if we are the same before as we are now, something is wrong. Something is seriously wrong. And the Holy Spirit is what sanctifies us. The Holy Spirit changes us. I, I mean, I, there's such a night and day difference from, from what I was 30 years ago to what I am now. You would not want to be around me 30 years ago. I can tell you that. You would not want to be around me. And, and thank God for his sanctification. Let's read the scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11. I love how it says it in the New King James Version. It says this, And such were some of you. Let me stop there. 
prior to that, it listed a bunch of different sins that you and I would partake in, possibly. And then it goes on to say, Paul goes on to say here, and such were some of you. I'm guilty as charged right there. But listen to what it says. But, but, that's the big word right there. But you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit, our God. That's why I tell my brother-in-law, it's all under the blood, brother. It's all under the blood. Jesus don't remember any more of that. Aren't you thankful that he does not hold your past against you? If he held our past against us, it would be stop right now. Don't pass. Go give up. Jump off the first bridge you get to. It's over. But thank God it's not like that. The Holy Spirit has transformed our lives. He's helped us to be sanctified now. Set apart. Be different. Amen? Let me just share with you the generic meaning of sanctification. The generic meaning is the state of proper functioning. Do you have a pen right there? Well, you're looking for that. To sanctify someone or something is to set that person or thing apart for use intended by its designer. Let me show you what I mean by that. Thank you. This pen right here, if I'm not using it, if I just have it in my shirt pocket or tucked away somewhere, it's not sanctified in its generic meaning. But when I pull it out, And I begin to write notes on here. Now, the generic meaning says it's fulfilling its purpose. It is now sanctified. Does everybody follow me on that? In the same way spiritually, God designed you and I to be sanctified, to be set apart, to fulfill the purpose that he has called you and I to do. Amen? In the same exact way. The, The Bible has this Old Testament scripture... This Old Testament scripture, I don't know if you remember, where he talks about the tithe is, is holy. The tithe is holy. What that means is the tithe is set apart. It's set apart for him. Set apart for him. You are holy. The Bible calls you holy. And some of you are sitting here, Pastor Ray, you don't know me. You don't know what I did last night. You don't know what I thought. No, the Bible says you are holy. If you are a child of God, Confessing him as a, as a believer today, as, as Lord and Savior, you are a child of God. And he says you are holy. Yes. And you therefore are now set aside for him to do service unto others. See, that's how you're going to make an impact in this world. Because people see you when they see you and say, there's something different about that David guy. I don't know what it is. I know he got a haircut, but there's something different about him. There's something different about Irene. There, it's not the hat, but there's something different about her. You know what I mean? That's the Holy Spirit of God working through you. There has to be a difference. There has to be something that you can say, such were some of you, that I used to be like that, but thank God I'm not like that. Give the Lord a hand clap because you're not like that anymore. Amen? Again, sanctification means holiness. To sanctify means to make holy. Not exactly how our current world is living. Amen? Our, our grandparents, Mother Betty's grandparents, great-grandparents, would just be unbelievable at the things that they would see today that take place. Right? Even just what I mentioned 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 
We see things now that we never thought we would ever see with our own eyes. And it's only getting worse. Our culture is not a holy culture. I'm not saying a perfect culture. I'm talking about a holy culture. One that says, God, I want to represent you. I want to represent wherever I go. I represent you. Amen. And can I just throw this in there? That means that if you're talking, I love God, I, I worship God, and then you go on social media and just say, hashtag blankety blank blank with foul language, that that's not of God? Amen. Amen. There's too many, too many people that call themselves believers that, that do this kind of stuff out of one side of their mouth, they're praising God, and the other side of their mouth, they're using foul language. God scrubbed that foul language and took it away from my mouth 30 years ago. He took it. I asked him to. I said, Lord, you need to remove this foul language because I was cussing like a construction worker, which I was at that time. And believe me, every other word, and they don't want to hear my kids because they've never heard me cuss. Not once have they ever heard me cuss because God God took it out, not me. I'm not good enough. There's no way. Only God can do that. Amen. Amen. God's Holy Spirit can help you. What is it that you want to throw to him? Say, Lord, take it away. Take it away. Give it to the Holy Spirit. And let him begin to do sanctification, excuse me, from the inside out. See, the, the, the problem there is that the world looks on the outside and says, well, you have to be like this. No, God didn't want robots. He didn't want cookie cutter Christians. He wants each of us here unique. There is not another Mother Betty in here. There is not another Alex in here. Each of you are created uniquely, designed by God uniquely. He wants you to love him as you are. Amen? Amen. Love him, but the change happens from the inside out. Amen. Let's go to our fourth point. He helps us to be like Christ, to act like and respond in life like him. How many want to be imitators of Christ? Amen? Yes, amen. I want to be like Christ. See, here's the thing. I mentioned the statistic earlier about once a month. God wants full custody of his children. You know that? God wants full custody of you and I. He doesn't want once a month visitors. He wants full-time custody. Can I get an amen? Amen? He wants full custody. Let's read this scripture here. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 in the Amplified Version. Have this same attitude in yourselves which was in Christ Jesus. Look to him as your example in selfless humility. Oh my goodness, right there. That that didn't describe the world right there that I live in. The world that I live in does not have any humility. It's full of pride. It's full of anger, righteousness, self-righteousness. And, and so forth. God is saying, I want you to live the opposite of that. See, God's ways are opposite to the way the world works. And I'm so thankful that he can remind me with scriptures like that, that I am to, to pursue him, to have the same attitude as him. What did he do? What did he say? Turn the other cheek. Somebody hits, turn the other cheek. Now I realize there's a time where you may have to stand up for yourself and protect yourself. Uh, there is a time. But there is also a time where you turn the other cheek. If someone says a bad comment to you, doesn't mean you have to go back and say a bad comment to them. Amen? It got real quiet there for a second. Because I know how we can react. I, I told you, I confessed. Yeah, well, at Costco, how I 
reacted initially to some guys that were obnoxious and our initial reaction is just to confront rather than to turn the cheek and say, God, help on, work on them, Lord. Work on that attitude, Lord. Amen. Galatia, or excuse me. Um, point number four, again, he helps us to be like Christ. We need to be imitators of Christ. That is what's going to attract other people to you. See, other people should come up to you and say, what is it you have? What is it that you have? Something in you. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. But what is it you have? I want that. I remember Gregory, Gloria's husband, telling me that many times. He's told me that. And I said, Gregory, it's there for you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not me because I'm nothing special. Believe me. Just ask my wife. She'll tell you. I'm nothing special. Ask my kids. They'll tell you. But it's the Holy Spirit that lives in me that makes us special. Amen? Amen. We're children of the Most High. And because we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we can be a light unto this world. Number five, I'm going to go quickly through this. I got seven of them, okay? I'm, I'm almost done. He gives us fruit for how we treat and interact with others. See, the life of a true believer is going to be distinguished by the fruit you display. What do I mean by fruit? Remember the fruits of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5. Peace, love, goodness, kindness, temperance, and so forth, self-control, all those wonderful things. Is that how you react when issues come up in your life? Or is it anger? Is it, is it striking back? Is it, is it you know, just pride? Uh, the things that the world would do. How are you reacting? Well, the Lord, here again, he gives us fruit. Galatians 5, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. If there was ever a time in, in this country that we needed the fruits of the Spirit, it's now. We need it now more than ever. You need it in your home now more than ever. And, and nobody's going to want that unless you're displaying that to them. Yes. See, when you display that to others, it's attractive. They want what you have because they desire that. They really do. Those mean-spirited people, they really want what you have. Amen. But you've got to show it to them. Yes. If you don't show it to them, how will they ever want it? Amen? The Holy Spirit wants to fill you, amen, with his, with his Spirit so that you could generate fruit now in your homes, in your workplaces, wherever you're at in everyday life. Let's move on to point number six. He gives us gifts for helping others. And I'm not going to take the time here to read the, this entire scripture, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11 talk about nine spiritual gifts. Gifts such as miracles, healings, faith, and so forth. There's nine spiritual gifts that God gives to you. That God will grant to you if you want them. All you have to do is seek Him and ask them. But they're to help others. See, God's Holy Spirit was never intended just to fill you and end of story. It was intended to fill you so that you could minister to others. Amen? That is how the Holy Spirit works. Many of us are so content in the, in the church world to be filled with this, to get a blessing, to do a jig and, 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 and get filled with the Spirit. But that's it. And walk out and say, I had a blessed time, but, but never once did you minister to anybody else. 
And that's the whole intention of the Holy Spirit. Is yes, he wants you to be blessed. Now go and minister to those around you. Minister. And, well, Pastor Rick, I, 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 I'm, I'm too old. I've got a bad back. Well, whatever it might be, it doesn't mean you can pray. Amen? Pray. 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 That is the biggest ministry right there that you can possibly do is pray for one another. Can I get an amen? amen. How many pray for Pastor Rick? Do you pray for Pastor Rick? And I, and I know that. I can feel that when you are praying for me. I feel that. The enemy needs to know that we have a praying church. That the Holy Spirit will speak to you to pray for me. Not only so that I can speak up here because the enemy attacks. And when the enemy attacks, I need all the help I can get. Amen? From the Holy Spirit. Amen? I count on you for I covet your prayers. Amen? So our last one, point number seven is he fills us. He fills us. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says this. And this is in the upper room in Jerusalem. This is after Jesus had resurrected already. And he had told his disciples, stay in Jerusalem and pray until you receive the Holy Spirit. They were saved people. In this room were 120 people, including the mother of Jesus and the uh, 12 12 disciples at that time. And uh, one had already taken, taken Judas's place. And the scripture says, all of them, everybody say all of them, were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We believe that still exists today. We believe it didn't end uh, during the, uh, the time of the disciples. We believe that it still exists today. The same Spirit that fell upon them 2,000 years ago is available to you and I today. Amen. And again, God is so good, He doesn't take back gifts. He's not what you would call in the past a something giver. I forget what it was. He, when he gives a gift, he gives a gift. Amen. Amen. He gives a gift. As I close here, um, and I would have somebody come up to the music. Thank you, Bianca. See, the, the world is going to fill us with something if we're not careful. We're going to get filled with something. You're either going to feel your spiritual man or you're going to feel your carnal man. Amen. You're going to feel your spiritual woman or you're going to feel your carnal woman. You're going to get filled with something. Every one of us, when we go to the gas station, and I like to go to Costco because they have great prices on gas, I fill up and I'm going to get that, you know, the, the expensive gas for our car. It takes the, the, the high octane. And, and it's, still, it's still good, but I'm going to fill it up. Every time I go there, I'm going to fill it up. Every single time I go to the gas station, I fill it up. When you come to church, you should expect to get filled up. Yeah. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. Don't leave here the same. Leave here different when you go on your way. Say, I love that message. Now I can, I can it completes my day. Yes. I can now minister to those around me. Amen? Listen to what this scripture says in Ephesians, because it's real important as I'm winding down here. Ephesians 5 and verse 18 out of the Amplified Version. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. debauchery. Speak out to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments and making melody with all your heart to the Lord. Let me just stop there. The word debauchery, which is not a common used term nowadays, 
It, you know what it literally means? It means wild, wild, wild parties. Now I look at around here and I know some of you don't know what that means. And I look again and I know some of you know what that means. <laughs> Debauchery also means the inability to stop. It means you can't stop. It means that you keep going. And whatever that may be. I know what it's like to be in an environment like that before I became a believer. I was in environments like that. An example of that would be when I was younger, I was not the dancer. I just really wasn't. But boy, oh boy, you put alcohol in me and I became John Travolta. I really did. <laughs> oh man, I could tell you stories, but I'm not going to tell you stories and glorify the devil. Amen. I'm going to tell you stories about how God is so good. Amen. He took that away from me because I wanted to hit, give him glory. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. Neither does Anna. I left that behind. Because I want to give the Lord glory. I want to be an imitator of Him. Amen. I want to live my life with a clean conscience. I don't want to come here knowing that you saw me last night drunk as a skunk at Chevy's drinking a margarita. No, God forbid. Amen? I want you to be able to say, Pastor Rick, I know what he's saying is real because I know Him. I trust Him. And that's how I'm going to live my life every day. Amen. And I want you guys to pursue God in that same passion. Amen. Live with everything you have. Do it right. Do it unto Him. Amen? I'm not trying to lay a guilt trip on anybody, but the Holy Spirit has great plans for you. The Holy Spirit is here to be your helper and to fill you today. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand with me at this time? We're going to close. I've kept you longer than I should have. But I, I honestly believe that God wants to fill every one of you with His Holy Spirit to baptize you anew. Just close your eyes with me right now. Bow your heads. Father, at this moment, there's people in here that may be hurting. I don't know exactly where everybody's at spiritually, mentally, physically. They may be hurting. Their home... They're with a relative, some issue going on in their life, and they're really hurting. But Lord, you are our comforter. You are our helper. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would touch that person that hears my voice. Touch them and strengthen them. And move upon them, Lord, and remind them that you love them, that you have a plan for them, that you care for them. We're hungering for more of you, Lord.